0: Welcome, my name is David McLeod. I am your Life Mastery coach, author of the book, A Life to Die For, founder of Life Mastery TV, and I am just really, really excited to be here with my good friend to talk about something that we both believe is really, really important.
1: Hi there, I am Lina Orlando, and I am an awareness coach, and the the entire bulk of my work is to help people awaken the, the magnificence that is within them. I believe every single one of us is a divine and holy being here on this planet for a short period of time. And it is our job to wake up to the truth that that is what we are so that we can unplug from the illusions of separation and craziness that's going on in the world. And I do that through the work that I do, which is called the power of awareness and through my awareness academy.
0: Yes. And, and it's fantastic work too, Lina. I, and I'm excited that you and I are doing this as a, as a joint project. And so we're calling this wake up calls. We don't have specific topics in mind. We feel that it's really important to look at what's going on in the world and see how we can use that information to help us all as individuals and also as a collective to wake up to what uh, Line has already called the magnificence of who we are. So, with that in mind, uh, why don't we get started?
1: Okay. So, wh- what is a wake up call and why do we need this program? Well, David and I have been going through our own spiritual awakening. Um, he's been on it for a couple of decades. You know, I'm going on close to two decades now. And that's a very long time having personal experiences as well as assisting others through their own process. And one of the things that becomes extremely clear during this journey is that there is a there, there is a time when you do inner work and you focus on what's happening inside of you. But then there comes a time when you look at the outer world, you see, what's happening outside, whether it's people that you know, people you don't know, or just the the world at large, the government, the, the school system, the medical system. And you begin to use that as an opportunity to see what are you projecting out there? What can you learn from what is out there? Because everything is a mirror of who we are. It shows us, are we showing up from our magnificence? Are we showing up from our fears? Are we showing up from our kindness or are we showing up as a bully in, or a victim? So this is a program for us to talk about how can we use what's out there to wake up what is in here? So that's my yeah. thought about it.
0: No, that's, that's beautiful. And, I, and you've, there's a lot there to unpack. I think one of the things that I have learned in my, in my process, uh, this idea of waking up, I, I, I hear some people kind of um, objecting to the idea that they need to be waking up as if someone else needs to do the waking up. And I think there's some truth in that. I think to some degree, we all have to go through our own journey. And that process of waking up has to happen kind of organically through the process of our own growth. However, it's kind of like, um, I think of it as, as growing up to be a parent and then having your little child in your life. You want your child to have as much freedom as possible to, to grow and expand and to become the person that he or she is meant to be. But at the same time as a parent, you want to protect them. So the question is, how do you find that balance? Where is the place where, you know, I have, my protection has now become smothering. My protection is now preventing them from waking up, from seeing the truth of who they are. So part of the process, I think, in the wake-up call thing is once I see something, I believe I have a responsibility to share it with other people. Now, it's not my job to ram it down their throats or to force them to see it. But it is my job, I think, to make sure that that it's there in front of them. Then they get to choose for themselves what it is they want to do with that information.
1: And, and I, you know, I, I like that analogy and just like a person who writes a song or writes a book or, or writes a movie, you know, we can't make people watch it or read it or listen to it, but there is something that moves us. And those who are moved to share, share, I like you, um, am big on sharing because I, I learned so much about myself and I was assisted in my journey because so many were generous with their shares and not only that i i have come to realize that that because we're all connected we're all the same consciousness expressing itself as lina as david there is an interaction that is taking place we we are participating in the awakening of each other and th- this is a dance this, this is a dance of consciousness that cannot be um assumed that it only happens on one side, this is happening for the collective. So when we feel in, compelled to share, you know, the difference between consciously sharing is you put it out there and whoever takes it takes it, and wanting to ram it, ram it down somebody's throat is somebody who's unconscious and has an agenda. And I've been there, I've had plenty of times that I've posted things or said things or made sure somebody knew something because I needed them to to hear me out because again, I had an agenda. But what is happening right now is that there are a lot of people who are going through uh, an experience that is potentially an awakening opportunity, which means it's causing you to not, not continue to perceive the world the same old way. And to me, the purpose of having these conversations is to facilitate somebody who has no clue, well, what does she mean? What does he mean by wake up? So that we can drop some morsels for anybody who is curious about how to observe, how to read, how to take in the many things that are being shared, especially in the age of social media. There is a lot of information on the social media feed that is, has the potential to help us wake up. And it has the potential to keep us asleep if we don't, if we're not ready. So let, let's talk about what that that potential for awakening is all about. And, and then what is what is the the opposite? Not taking that opportunity to wake up. Let, let's just call it the way they call it in the matrix. Waking up is taking that red pill. Are we willing to take that red pill? If not, we will just take the blue pill. It, we, we just remain in that same state of not knowing, which is what the red pill is all about. Know something different, learn something new. Um, share your thoughts on, on what that awakening process is for an individual, please.
0: Right, right, yeah. Well, there's a lot there again to, uh, to unpack. And uh, Sorry, one of I just put a lot about, out at once. <laughs> I love about talking with you is we, we, we really get a lot of stuff jammed in, a lot of beautiful wisdom coming through in a, in a very short time. One of the, uh, anal- another analogy I'd like to make is, is a slightly different one and that is sometimes when you're trying to wake somebody up, you have to shake them a little bit. You can't just simply knock gently on the door and assume that they're gonna wake up. That just doesn't work. And I certainly wouldn't want to do that in the event that I was in a burning building and trying to get people out of their beds. You know, I would not just knock gently on the door. I would be ramming the door down, trying to wake people up and saying, Hey, you want to stay here in the fire? That's your business, but I have a job to tell you about the fire. That's, I think that's, that it's really important for us to acknowledge that. So, you know, you talk about, about the social media stuff and what I see on social media is a lot of uh, how I would describe as polarized conversation. People seem to take one end of the, of the perspective or the other. And if, if, you know, if I happen to be on the receiving end of something that doesn't agree with my way of thinking, then my natural reaction is to come up with a, an argument why that is wrong or why it's false or why it's fake or why it's, it's not realistic. This seems to be the common thing that happens uh, on our social media platforms. And what I f- find even more unsettling is that people who are ostensibly friends with each other say things on this platform that they would probably never say to the person's face. I, I find that very, well, unpleasant, to be honest.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's... uh. I actually don't see it as unpleasant. I see it as as what I have come to understand through the Course in Miracles. It's either somebody's is able to come from a place of love and gently, lovingly sharing what they know, no agenda, or they're coming from a place of an agenda, which is actually a call for love. So it is an opportunity for them, even in the the unpleasant way, to, to ask for love to put it out there that they're hurting that they're suffering and when when we get trained in being able to understand and I know it's it's something that's taken me many many years but when I see something that could be labeled hateful or judgmental I now see it as a call for love I see it as an opportunity for me to bring more compassion more kindness because it is somebody who if if given a morsel with kindness would actually plant a seed that otherwise would be totally and completely impossible if it is met with with a reaction, if it's met with a judgment. And um, so what I'm seeing in social media is either a lot of people who are pretty open and grounded and so they're curious or people who are in a state of controlling closed off and they are basically attacking because they don't know any different. And the ones who are attacking her, controlling her closed off, are precisely the people who need to wake up. So the opportunity for doing that in a gentle way is there. And that's where I see there's a big divide taking place, especially amongst the, the new thought, the spiritual community Because there is this, I know it all in my head. But just because you know it in your head, doesn't mean you live it in your heart. So there's a split that is happening. Um, I see it on my page all the time. People, how could you, you know, you say such spiritual things. How could you post something in favor of Trump? Um, And it's like, how could I not post something in favor of Trump? How could I not post something in favor of anybody? I like to call out what is beautiful and wonderful. I I don't care who it comes from, as well as I like to call some things out that are that are need correction, need to be looked at. It makes you go hmm. like a lot of the stuff that comes out around the covid as I expand my mind because I'm curious, like you, I'm sharing information. But I definitely do not in any way, shape or form attempt to believe that it is my job or that I even have the ability to wake somebody up because that is the function of free will. But how I address what's going on, that is the function of me showing up as the presence of somebody who walks the talk or somebody who just has it in my head. And and it's a bull in the china shop.
0: Well, that's a a beautiful perspective. And I I really honor you for that. And that's one of the things that I can see that I could probably learn more about myself. I see that. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to see something where you might find uh, an avenue for more growth. I think that's a great thing. And um, at the same time, at the same time, I want to say that the, the, the way, I, I like your, first of all, I want to say I agree with you that someone who's putting out judgment and, and negativity, they're probably calling for love in some way or another. I, I do believe that every thought, word, action, and emotion at its deepest, deepest level is always uh, motivated by a desire to give or receive love, even if yeah. it does look kind of dysfunctional.
1: Yeah.
0: But, but my point is that um, what sometimes... Being loud is interpreted as angry and rageful and hateful and all the rest of that, where it's maybe just loud. Maybe that's all. And sometimes people who complain that something is loud are people who have a very low sensitivity to any kind of of conflict or argument or uh, anything. Uh, obviously, you know me better. You know I'm not that kind of person. I tend to. I'd be. I'm very comfortable in a, in a conflicted environment. And, and what I look at in, the, in that, I used to be very egocentric about it. Now I am much yeah, more, yeah. yeah, I'm much more heart-centered about it. And what I try to do is deconstruct the argument rather than attacking the person. And that's a whole different approach. But yeah. I still think some of that is necessary uh, because most people, most people on this planet are still very much reason-based, Mm-hmm. They're very much left brain oriented and not yet m- fully uh balanced in the in the left and the right brain, so as much as I want to be in the right brain side of thing in the f- in the more feminine aspect of my energy, I still have to stay in the left brain side sometimes in order to communicate with people who are still in that place
1: yes and then that's where we get to to grow in in our own um personal experience. So for me, my growth happens through primarily through the interact now today, through the interaction with others. And there, there was a time when my growth came from pulling out of the world and really going within and my connection with God, source, spirit, whatever you want to call it, became primary. And my growth was from getting to know what that is in me. So now it's it's very, very balanced. There's growth that happens inside, but it happens in tandem with the growth that happens outside. And it is strictly based on if I am expressing love or not. If I am being kind and uplifting is, is because it is a recognition of the God, source, spirit in me, also, as being one out there, there is to me, there is no longer a distinction between you and me. it is it is all consciousness expressing as you and me. And mm-hmm. so, from that place, I am always meeting another aspect of myself. So when people are writing something that is that could be called you no know, nasty or judgmental or whatever it might be, I like to look at, well, that that's another aspect of me that is upset. Where have I been upset like that? Where have I experienced being attacked? And it's really easy for me to go to lots of evidence because I have been that bully and I have been that victim. So it's easy to find um, a very felt experience that I can engage with that other person with. And so much of what is being expressed now out there in the media is literally breaking down the idea of separation the idea that we're not one the idea that we're not God the idea that we're not consciousness so so the here's we're, we're kind of in the middle of, a, of an interesting dichotomy the world that is breaking down is breaking down precisely to help us see our interconnectedness but we can't experience our interconnectedness until we have uh, the moments of separation that cause us to get curious about looking at it differently. So if you don't understand that, it, the what people are defending and are being judgmental or uh, angry or upset about is coming from a very base place um, of fear inside of them. So as a structure outside is being shaken, it is shaking their inner sense of who they are. They don't know that we're one, but they know that their individual self is not safe. And when you don't feel safe, what happens is you go into attack mode and that just becomes the the automatic projection, be it attacking aggressively or attacking passive aggressively. Kishlan, thank you so much for your sweet comment. Yes, this is an awesome conversation. I, I do love talking to David. So, anyhow, that that's where how I see that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. And uh, I I agree that as far as this physical uh, life that we have, with this dualistic environment that we live in with all these dichotomies and paradoxes and contradictions and everything else, they are necessary. Uh, yeah. You know, when, when, oh, I better be careful about the choice of words I use here. Uh, when I see something good, then I, I can have the experience of evil and vice versa. You know, mm-hmm. when I see something dark, I, I can't really experience that until I have some light mm-hmm. to to have you know to going on that so yeah the paradoxes and the the dichotomies are very very important in this world for us to fully experience all of who we are now in the spiritual realm those dichotomies don't need to exist anymore because we are then pure universal love and spirit and you know it's all it all comes together as one so in that realm we are we we i guess we fully experience our oneness and we live our oneness in that place and this is perhaps why we have the spiritual experience of oneness while simultaneously having the egoic experience of separation mm-hmm. it helps us to to grow and understand the true nature of who we are it's, yeah. thank you for the sharing that and that's beautiful and by the mm-hmm. way just so you know I I have experienced bulliness and victimness in my life too along with a lot of other dichotomies that any you care to name I I can absolutely resonate with it. So I I I totally get that.
1: Yeah, and you know and it it's from the recognition that we have the capacity to be as much a light bringer as as one who blocks light, which is what darkness is when we can accept that in ourselves, that's where compassion comes from. And one of the things that is so clear uh, in this path, this path to awaken, is that we do not understand the spiritual aspect of what this planet is all about. So this earth is, is, is literally a, a specific place and I'm using that word loosely because in consciousness, there is no place. But this is a specific idea in the mind of the creative source where through free will we can experience being what we're not, which is a fabulous, incredible opportunity. Because when, you know, w- there is no source of darkness. There is no darkness in the universe. There is only a source of light and an absence of light. The sun does not have a a a. a an area of black dark inkiness that comes out of it it does not but we experience the absence of the light of the sun when we turn our back to it so we cast a shadow so the shadow only exists god does not create shadows creative source does not create shadows shadow is a result of the blocking of the light but we don't understand that i didn't understand that till i was in my you know my 40s in humanity as a whole has not been taught that what we are is the bringers of the light. So with our back to the truth, you know, basically our back to the sun, to to God's source, you know, we put it out there separate from us. We cast a shadow on everything that we see, and then we think everything is dark. So right now we're having an opportunity to see some people who are looking at what appears to be dark, looking at appears to be greed and corruption and lying and deceit and cheating and all of those things, looking at it from the perspective of like, for example, like we do, wow, you know, that that is somebody doesn't realize that they're the presence of love, somebody is not aware of their light. And that Jesus did that, Gandhi did that, Martin Luther King Jr. did that. So many saw things differently, Buddha saw things differently. And we think, wow, that's a really cool way for them. Aren't they compassionate? Aren't they kind? They forgave them because they didn't know what they were doing. And they killed them. So there have been lots of examples of people looking at that darkness because they have turned the light on in themselves. And today, there is a lot of that darkness in our face, constant, 24-7. And some people don't understand that they could look at it from that that loving place because they have been conditioned to believe that the only people who can do that are the saints, the sages, the special people. And they don't believe that they have the ability to be that kind, to be that gentle, to turn on their own light. Because to them, there is no such thing as as, uh, the goodness is in me because if it was in them, They would not be judging or being angry or being whatever. So what is waking up? We're waking up to the possibility that if we turn on our light, the world would change. But it requires everybody to turn on their light for there to be no more blocks to to the light, for there to be no more darkness. So yes, this darkness, like we were saying earlier, it's a dichotomy. The darkness is helping us turn on our light. But when we all turn on the light, there will be no darkness. I mean who's going to be corrupt when you know you are the presence of love and light so we're we're in this process of mm-hmm. of seeing what is there and learning from it and to me that's what the the you and I being examples as well as so many other people of looking at things differently is is giving those who are going how could they be that way an opportunity to see things differently. And that to me is what the wake up call is all about. Is something is happening and I can't, I can't, it does it doesn't compute. And there's an opportunity to go into lockdown mode in fear or to get curious and say, how else could we look at this?
0: Yeah. Wow. Again, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I noticed that as I was listening to you, I was, um, I was trying to see how does that fit with my understanding of the universe? And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of good overlap for sure, but there's a few places where I think I disagree with you and on, baby. Yeah, and that's all part of the whole experience. I mean, I don't think any one of us can possibly have the complete model of the universe because then we'd be bigger than the universe and be able to contain it all. Um, But what I also believe is that my word for spirit or God or whatever you want to call it, my word is omnitude. And the reason I chose that word is because I believe that there is this essence of all that is, all that is, everything, everything that we can possibly imagine, and even those things that we cannot imagine are part of that overall fabric. And omnitude, at one point in time, knew itself to be all that is but hadn't yet had the opportunity to experience itself as such because there is nothing that is not all that is and everything is all that is. And so Omnitude came out with this amazing, beautiful, fantastic, grand experiment in which it appeared to subdivide itself into an infinite variety of, of, of just amazing, beautiful life well not I won't say life forms I'll say energy forms throughout the universe all of which are still 100% connected to Omnitude but each of these individuations each of these energy forms was was given the free choice to experience itself in that particular aspect in order to contribute to the overall experience of all it is and so you and I are two expressions of that consciousness Everyone else listening to this are also expressions of this consciousness. Yeah. The the rocks and the trees and the, and the, the virus, and everything, <laughs> they're all expressions of that same consciousness, as you yeah. said at the beginning. Yeah. So there is nothing that isn't part of all that is, and all of it comes about to experience some aspect. And by the way, we have to admit in that understanding that this includes people that we label as mass murderers, evil beings, dark lords. All those people are part of that whole parcel that help us to see the truth of who we really are and how we fit into this beautiful, magnificent tapestry called Omnitude. So that's how I see it. So I believe that everything that happens in this universe that that's part of my experience right now is a is a is designed to help me fulfill my purpose on this planet and you have the opportunity to experience the same things and maybe some other things that I don't get to see so that overall our experience isn't exactly the same but our experience is still perfectly valid perfectly wonderful perfectly magnificent and it contributes to that overall experience so even those people who disagree with me, or who choose to use what might be called hateful or judgmental language, they are simply fulfilling their experience and living their perspective as part of maybe our pre-agreed interaction with one another, as part of our own growth to help each other see the truth of who we are. It is a magnificent, wonderful... I mean, I, I... I can't express enough joy about this, the existence of this. And at the same time, we do have a lot of people who don't necessarily buy into that way of thinking. They haven't seen it yet. They don't understand it. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. They have their journey to go through. So, Yeah,
1: Yeah, and that's that's the beautiful thing uh, about coming to the place of recognition that there's only, what did you call it, omnitude? There's well, only that there's all yeah and there's only there's only that being all that is because the, the all that is experiences like you said itself through all that is, and you know one one point that um you were saying that that i i see it a little bit differently, you were saying that none of us can can know you know everything can have um I don't remember your exact words, but something along the lines of not not one of us can know all that is. And I, I see that differently because I that that's what the whole practice of of getting still is about. Because in stillness, there's access to all knowingness. And in in that opening, there is wisdom that flows in that gives us exactly what we need to know when we need to know it. And there is a a need to come to the place in our spiritual journey where we recognize that as an individual aspect of all that is, we, the egoic self, does not know everything. And that's part of the humbling process. That's part of the breaking down the righteous aspect of ourselves. And, And it's actually one of the hardest things to do on this journey because anybody who is judging or who's complaining or who's bashing anybody else they are stuck in that control phase, which requires them to feel righteous. They're defending what they know, which means they don't know that they don't know much because when we are defending what we know, we really believe that that is all that there can be to know about that specific subject. That's why I have compassion for the arrogance of somebody who gets all righteous because in their arrogance they're just showing me their ignorance and i have been that person i have been that ignorant at arrogant bitch many many times and so i i can feel somebody in that space and when they want to arrogantly tell me you know how wrong i am or or how this is that way or how that one is the only one who's right and you know to to talk about the current covid how um dr fauci is the one who's right or the cdc is the one who's right and we should follow what the world uh health order whatever um i forget who world health organization that's the one that's right and then everybody else is wrong the mask is right the mask off is wrong i mean it's it's crazy so when somebody enters go ahead
0: no, I was just going to say, I I agree with everything you're saying, and I also believe that it's completely consistent with what I said. Um, what I I agree with you, that I don't think that I know everything, but I do believe I have access to all knowledge and all truth. And you said it already, is when I go inside and I connect into the, the, the essence of who I really am, that's when I can know the truth. And it is that truth that is not that is going to set me free. It is not going to be the truth that somebody gives me from outside. It is the truth that resonates from within. So on that score, I believe we are in 100% agreement. I think what I was saying about, um, you know, being able to each of us, and this is part of our physical human experience, by the way, each of us has our own model of the world, of, of the universe, if you like. And we live our lives according to that model of the world it may be that my model of the world is flawed because I don't believe that I can know all knowledge out there. I have to come down here into the inside. So I think we're agreeing even though we're saying it in slightly different ways. So um, yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that. And then I, I think We've had such a great conversation on this so far, but you've already brought in a couple of things now about some of the external messages that we're receiving. You talked about Donald Trump. You talked about COVID. You've talked about the WHO. Maybe it's time to start looking a little more closely at some of those. So why don't you move us in that direction?
1: <laughs> well, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful opportunity for us to have this conversation about those things in in this format because when we can take what is happening out there to see our bias to see our limited perception it it begins to open the door for that place of curiosity, which t- kind of ties back to what I was saying earlier. When people who are judging or slamming or whatever, it's a call for you know, please, you know, show me more, you know, h- help me see it differently. But I can't tell you, help me see it differently, because I have to admit that I don't know at all, and that's so difficult for the human egoic side to to humble itself enough to ask. So. So let's let's you and I do it right here. Sure. So what's going on? And uh, let's pick the topic of, of COVID, and that to me is is a really incredible um, opportunity for so much learning because it has touched upon. I'm going to say every single aspect of life. It has touched upon our personal freedoms. It's touched upon the health industry. It's touched upon government. It's touched upon religion. It's touched upon, um, you name it. There, There is not an area of life that this ha- hasn't touched upon. And it, it definitely, it looks at how far has have humans gone in their ignorance and arrogance to mess with nature
0: and yeah. to mm-hmm.
1: attempt to do something with mm-hmm. nature that it wasn't nature's job to do. So like the sun is a source of light, but when we mess with with the sun, and we try to block it, well, we're going to create something that's going to be scary, because it's going to leave us in the dark. So when you mess with nature, and my understanding of, of what COVID is, is that it is a natural occurring uh, substance that has been tampered with by humans. And I have read enough, I have studied enough things about this that I feel very comfortable because when I come inside and I listen within, I get the sensation, I get the feeling, I get my truth meter goes off and lets me know, yes, this is not something that God created like that. This is something that humans have used in a way, for example, um, vaccines, vaccines, God did not create vaccines, but God created on this planet, naturally occurring substances in our body and outside of our bodies for the purpose of healing. Well, we now know, I mean, it's all over the place that there are many vaccines that do not do what they are intended to do, that they actually cause harm. So when you look at this COVID thing, There are so many different angles and people are getting into big fights. Well, what do you mean somebody tampered this? Somebody made this up. That is, is we've got to open up our mind to understand that all that is dark on this planet is because humans have tampered with what God created to be one way humans have attempted to have it do something else. And that is what we're waking up to, is we're waking up to the realization that everything that does not work on this planet comes from the tampering that humans have done with what God created, absolutely, perfectly, naturally occurring, that we could be benefiting from.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And I think... You know, you've touched on a lot of good stuff here again. <laughs> I think, I think though that when I when when the whole pandemic first struck, uh, the first thought that came to my mind, absolutely the first thought. Now I've done a lot of research and I've been looking at at the globalist agenda and all this kind of stuff. The first thought that came to my mind is, oh look, they figured out a way to get us to voluntarily put ourselves into prison <laughs> so they don't have to do any of the work. That was the first <laughs> wow. thought that came to mind. Now, of course, that's the conspiracy theorist response. And of course I couldn't support Or maybe that. not,
1: or maybe well, not, maybe it wasn't intuitive. Right off
0: the bat, I needed to do okay. some research. Yeah. So naturally I started looking at the whole Coronavirus and uh, and some of the the research that was being done on that, and I, I found paper after paper after paper after paper that com- that really uh, disagreed with the mainstream narrative. And of course, I would try to present these, and people say, "Oh, you're crazy, this or that or the other thing," you know. And and then finally, we get someone like Zach Bush who comes along, and that man has an amazing ability. To be able to look at all these disparate pieces from disparate parts of our world and put them together into an amazing picture mm-hmm. that helps us to see how viruses are actually the building blocks of, of nature and not the evil enemies that we think they are. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that this coronavirus is just one of six viruses, six coronaviruses that have been affecting humans for at least 2000 years, possibly longer. And we're still here, humans haven't died off. There has been no pandemics resulting from this coronavirus. Uh, And there's lots of other stuff that Zach Bush says. I mean, you've seen his videos, I know you know about him. I'm saying that so other people can go and look him up. he is an amazing visionary. He's able to see the picture in a in a way I, I he helped me to see things that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. So now I completely understand what this whole coronavirus thing is about. And COVID 19 is just the name of a disease or a name we have given to a disease that we didn't understand and that we attributed to this coronavirus but which Zach Bush and others, by the way, he's not the only one, and others claim it's actually a toxic poison that is affecting us. And where does that toxic poison come from? Well, this is where Zach Bush really shines. It comes from the fact that we have been inhibiting viruses from growing. We have been trying to demonize them and make them bad and evil. And so we've come up with all these vaccines and all these antibiotics and all these other things to try and destroy them because we believe in our very very immature minds that they're somehow bad or evil when in fact they're the building blocks of our life form on this earth
1: and that's where this coronavirus is a wake up call
0: exactly and and yeah and and i think what's caused people to wake up is not so much the virus itself but the uh, contradictory reactions we've had to it over the last 6 months mm-hmm. You know, we we say one thing, and then a day later we say something opposite. We say some say that, and then we say the opposite of that a day a day after. I mean, it's just craziness. And uh, so, if you try to bring some sanity and say, "Come on, people, wake up!" That's what's happening here. They don't like to hear that.
1: No, because that is a very it's a very difficult um leap to go from. Well, viruses are bad to to wake up people. They're not bad. They they they're there because we have been conditioned exactly. for as long as I have been around. Because yeah. I I started my life with vaccines, um, but you know we had a handful of vaccines. Then I have children. My oldest daughter is thirty one years old, and my youngest is going to be twenty three. They're going to be twenty four. And they were vaccinated. So for me, it's like I never questioned vaccines, that that was not something I would question because I really believed that the authority figures were giving me exactly mm-hmm. what I needed and I was giving my child the right thing. Yeah. It is very difficult to, to move from, I trust the government and I put that stuff in my child's body because I love my child and now all of a sudden i'm going to say oh vaccines you know are, are not a good thing or viruses are not a bad thing the the mind cannot hold something like you know cognitive dissonance yeah. our our mind cannot hold the possibility that what do you mean viruses are naturally occurring we shouldn't have been doing what we've been doing so i've been doing this my whole life so i poisoned my children because that would be the the place where we, then my mother poisoned me So it sends the mind into a a tailspin when we hear something so totally, completely opposite to what the mind has been trained and conditioned to believe. So the resistance to hearing things from another perspective comes from somebody who just has never heard that other perspective or who has heard it in passing, but in their need to protect their need to be right about their perspective, they haven't uh, heard anything, they haven't studied, they haven't, they, they're they just not open, the curiosity hasn't kicked in. Yeah. But then we have a lot of people who have been curious, because there's a lot of people who have been affected by the the vaccine industry by the 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 lack of allowing the natural aspect of the body to do what it does. There's a lot of people who have been who have gone to school and become doctors or become biologists or or have been involved in the sciences in in such a way that they through what they were learning or or researching in a lab went oh my god this does not match what i was told what the textbook said so there's a lot of people who are beginning to question what's going on and that those conversations are really invitations for a gentle sharing, for, uh, you know, and and I like to let people know, you know, I I can see that that you're totally completely in opposition to this. Are you open to hearing what I've discovered? Because in my human form is as you uh, perfectly pointed out in my human form, I only know so much, my brain can only like it's a computer, it only can hold so much like my Mac, Tells me all the time, you're out of space. So I have to delete things. (laughs) That's right. And and then I got to get the external hard drive and I got to get stuff in the cloud. And no matter how much more I continue to accumulate, I always come to a place where I run out of space. I need more. So there's always something more to learn, something more to discover. But when we filter what we discover in the world through that light of truth that is within us, We come to places where we make peace with what we know is true and then we can observe what is out there with a level of compassion and at the same time, those who are inspired then do something about it in their field. My field, I stay in my lane. My lane is is helping people understand their their mind, helping people understand their ego. That is what I am. Call me the ego queen. That's my job. And I like that because I am really good at what I do. Dr. Zach Bush, he's in his field and Dr. Butarin is in his field and Wayne Dyer was in his field. But all of these pieces, when you can begin to bring them together, all fit in a beautiful, beautiful puzzle. And that is what makes life so much more um. Enjoyable is when we are willing to take all the pieces of the puzzle But that's not easy when you think your piece is the right piece or the piece next to you that you have that you've attached to You know if you if you attach to this is right Then that piece is you know, the two of you are the only ones who are right and it requires a very to me a very um, Compassionate and conscious way of dealing with that because it really Understanding the ego, the hardest, 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 hardest thing that we will ever do is look at where we possibly could be wrong. Yeah. Very difficult, very difficult to admit that what I know is not accurate.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And it's kind of like, you know, you mentioned about the, the puzzle. Uh, it's kind of like I have a piece of a puzzle and I look at that piece of the puzzle and I figure I know what the entire picture is. Yeah. Uh, I. It, Yeah, sure, you might be right, but you probably aren't. Because there's hundreds of millions of other pieces that go together into this big picture. And uh, while you may think you know what the whole picture looks like, you're not gonna know until you see all of the pieces together. And uh, so that's one aspect of it. And if we can remember that, then I can say, oh, okay, let's see what piece Lina has. Do they look like they fit together or are they far apart? if they're far apart, that gives me one idea of what the new image might be. But if they're close together, it gives me a completely different idea of what the new image would be. It's like looking at clouds, for God's sake, and then arguing about what we see in the clouds. You know, It's pointless. I mean, I see what I see, and you see what you see. (laughs) Now, on the other hand, another another little allegory, or uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, is the idea of Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm driving my car and I'm trying to get to, uh, to say Seattle from, uh, from Boise. And partway along, I find myself in New York. And somewhere, somebody says to me, well, you said you're going to Seattle. Well, what are you doing here in New York? Uh, isn't this the way to Seattle? And of course, no, it's not. Seattle's in completely opposite direction. Or is it? Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> we have to turn around and see. We have to see where we are. We have to see where we're going. And sometimes we have to change direction. That's just life.
1: Or sometimes we end up in New York because there was a, a piece of the puzzle that we needed to find there before we could get to Seattle and connect with that piece that we find okay. you know.
0: <laughs> so. fair enough I'm not gonna argue that point I agree that you know everything happens for a reason and sometimes our our guidance is going to take us places that our ego minds didn't really want to go but absolutely uh, I'm just trying to make a you know an allegorical st- story here <laughs> that
1: well this certainly has been a fun conversation I'm so glad that, that uh, you had suggested that we start doing these these things Um, so how often do you want to do these
0: well I think we should uh, you know I was thinking uh, twice a month um, Mm -hmm. and I you know I know that we already talked about doing one on the uh, the 10th of July and that doesn't work for you so we're gonna do the next one on the 9th of July at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and then after that we're gonna be switching back to the second and fourth Friday so the next one will be the 24th Um, that's what I want to do and uh, Perhaps, you know, if if we think about it, maybe we can actually consider specific topics uh, that we want to bring into this notion of wake up calls.
1: Yeah, we could use whatever's happening in the world. And, um, you know, those of you who are listening, if you want to give us some topics that we could talk about, how how we can use that as a wake up call. And, you know, we just kind of got started with coronavirus. We may want to continue that because there's so much to wake up through that specific, you know, that that lens of Coronavirus, because it does touch on everything, and just about all of life. Um, right. So maybe we can, well let's see what what we feel like talking about at that time. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile,
0: um, I know that you've got a lot of things on your plate. And I know you've got some things coming up, Do you want to share a little bit about uh, what you've got happening in the next, you know,
1: yeah. or so? In another hour, actually, at four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, I'm going to have another conversation with uh, Sean Stone. And we're we're going to talk about the becoming um, that that spirit self, how how do we fully embody our sovereignty? And so that's going to be a really cool conversation. Again, that is today at four o'clock. But next Monday, in my normal Monday, Align with Line of Conversations, I'm going to be interviewing Dr. Um, Ken Harris and Ken has been a chiropractor for like 50 years, has written books. He is an incredibly amazing, loving, connected, brilliant man who, who likes to help people realize that the body heals itself. And it is, so it's going to be a really fun conversation. So join me Monday for that. And then in another hour, so you can be part of my conversation with, with Sean Stone. And what, what do you have coming up?
0: Oh, well, yeah. Um, well, I guess the, the, the first thing coming up is the next episode of my uh, Life Mastery Wisdom podcast. This one, I'm going to be talking about the concept of trust and safety and what they really mean um, and how they how we use them in our lives. So you can find out more about that at my website at lifemasterywisdom.com. Um And you can see all of my previous podcasts there as well. And then the other thing that's coming up on Wednesday, I'm having my – that'll be Wednesday, the 1st of July. I'm having another episode of Life Mastery TV. And this one is with a friend of mine from London. Her name is Maggie Sarfo. And we're going to be talking about Your Purpose Revealed as she shares some of her stuff and her knowledge of the Akashic records, which are very much in alignment with what Lina and I have been talking about here, you know, the connection to Omnitude and so forth. So that's what I've got going on. Uh, Thank you again, Lina. It's been just absolutely awesome. I always love conversing with you. I find that I learn so much and and I find that we go into some very, very deep territories. So I'm very grateful for that.
1: Ditto. Ditto, my friend. I know we met, I don't know how many years ago. It's been quite a while yep. um, when we were in San Diego at that that specific event. And right. I'm so grateful because I've stayed in touch with very few people from that. And you're the one that I stay in touch with the most. So I am eternally grateful for for that. For that. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So this was a lot of fun. I'm glad that you wanted to start doing these conversations, wake right. up call. And we uh, you know we'll see everybody on July the 9th. We'll be back here at eleven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So
0: right. And I just want to say to everybody: remember, no matter what anybody tells you, you are a divine, magnificent, unlimited spiritual being of light and love, and you just happen to be having this physical human experience. So keep that in mind as you as you go through your days.
1: Yes. Take it easy. Take it easy. It's uh it's supposed to be an adventure. All right. See you guys next time. Thanks a bunch, David. Bye. Bye-bye.